Okay, welcome everybody to the Alleghenies Ahead podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Imhoff, and we're coming to you live today from the Outdoor Expo at Mount Aloysius College. You can see behind me here, there's uh, a lot of activity going on, a lot of great uh, organizations who are telling us about recreation uh, in our region and the things that, uh, that we can get outside and do. I just came down uh, from the fishing uh, with the, the president of the college. I think I still have a little fish slime on my hand. So uh, there's a lot, lot going on today and it's, uh, it's great to be here. And I have with me today, uh, Mike Cook. Mike is the leader of the Johnstown Incline Plain Trails project. And we're gonna talk in depth about his project. It's really one of our superstar projects here uh, in Cambria County in the region when it comes to recreation. So um, before we dig into Mike's project, I wanted to just give a little overview of recreation and you know the importance of recreation within the Alleghenies Ahead plan. Uh, Recreation was a top priority of all six counties uh, in the Alleghenies Ahead planning process. And, you know, we're really starting to recognize that we have a lot of outdoor assets here. You know, we have the mountains, we have rivers, uh, we have these panoramic vistas that are just wonderful, uh, and that there's a lot of opportunity that comes along with that. So um, there's several layers that, that recreation is important in our community. And, you know, certainly there's the public health uh, component. Uh, unfortunately, some of our, uh, our counties lag behind on public health indicators when compared to statewide and national averages. So, uh, you know, providing recreational opportunities for our residents is certainly uh, important with all the public health benefits that come along with that. Uh, but then we're also looking at recreation from a workforce development and economic development component. Um, you know, recreation and, and recreational infrastructure is something that uh, people are coming to expect uh, from their communities. So uh, we need to uh, take advantage of the natural assets that we have and provide those those opportunities. And so so Mike's doing that. And, and I just wanted to show off um, an example from our Cambria Regional Chamber of Commerce as an example of some of the ways that the outdoors are being marketed here. So this is a little uh, mini brochure. It's hard to see on camera and, and for our listeners, uh, the Cambria Regional Chamber is our, our countywide chamber of commerce here in Cambria County. And they put together a, a mini brochure that talks about all of the recreational opportunities. And you know, we're talking about 48 trails covering 250 miles, 41 trails for mountain biking, uh, 323 miles of rails to trails throughout the region, and 1,800 miles of naturally reproducing trout waters, 14 states parks, four ski resorts, 99 miles of cross-country skiing uh, trails, 15 class three waterways, 73 miles of whitewater. So uh, yeah, just in this, in this little brochure, you can see there's a lot to do here uh, in our region when it comes to recreation. Uh, and then this, uh, the Cambria Chamber also did this. Um, and I thought since both Mike and I are featured on the cover of the uh, Cambria Chamber's regional directory for 2019 that I would show this off. So uh, you can see this is Mike's band of, of mountain bikers here and they're about to uh, head down on the incline plane trails. This is at the top of the incline plane. And then I'm right here. Uh, this is uh, another great event that takes advantage of our trails. The Ghost Town Trail uh, hosts several races. There's a 50k race, a 25k race, and an eight mile race that take place uh, during the summertime. And, and so the, the chamber 
featured that event uh, on their directory. So, you know, this is something that's being emphasized, recreation uh, at all different levels uh, throughout Cambria County and the region. So. With that, let's um, you know. Let's dig into to Mike's project. Mike has an, an absolutely fantastic project going. Um, it's deservedly gotten a lot of PR, and, and we're happy that he he joined us today to to talk about it and has the time. So, um, Mike, let's just dig in. You know, sure. give us a little bit of background on your project and what you're up to. Okay. Um, well, let's start with like truly the roots of where the project came from. Uh, my office is downtown and we have an hour lunch break and it, it only takes me about five minutes to eat lunch. So I had 55 minutes to kill. I'm like, well, what am I going to do with my time? So I started walking around downtown and one day I walked across the bridge at the incline plane and I saw a sign on the side that said two trails and I still had about 40 minutes left. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check out these trails and see what they're all about. Uh, and it was really cool because they took you into a really wooded area that's directly adjacent to a metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. So you could get out during your lunch break and just kind of blow off some steam. Well, over the five years that I was going up there just over my lunch break, I watched trees fall down, landslides happen, and they just weren't being taken care of. It's a, it's a city park, and I understand that it's very difficult to maintain that hillside. Mm -hmm. So my friend Dave came to me and he used to race downhill mountain bikes. He said, well, we could put some world-class mountain bike trails up here. And I was like, all right, I'll write a proposal and take it to the city. And I did. And their solicitor approved it. And part of the deal with us building the mountain bike trails was that I would maintain those existing hiking trails and make them usable to the public again. Uh, that was about 17 months ago, we've been working on the trails for 16 months consistently. Every weekend, Saturdays and Sundays, we're out there mm -hmm. uh, removing trees, cutting knotweed back, uh, doing all those fun trail maintenance things that happen. Mm -hmm. So th so these trails, these trails were there when you started your project, right? Or what's the, what's the history behind the, the trails themselves? This is... Because uh, I used to walk there when I was... Um, mm -hmm. When I met my wife, she lived actually in Westmont, right at the, the top of the incline plane. Uh, and this is going back many years, but <laughs> the, the trails were there at the time. And, you know, she lived a block away and we would go hike the trails. And, you know, we're like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. You know, there's yeah. just fan the, the vistas from the the trails uh, are just phenomenal as you look down into the valley. But so I so I know they they go back a period of years. But what's yes. the what's the history behind the trails? And this is all secondhand handed down knowledge to me. Mm -hmm. um, but from what I understand, there was a gentleman back in the late 70s that thought that it would be really nice to have some trails up there. And there was already an old existing access road because before they put Route 56 in there, uh, there was industry on that hillside. Uh, the Haas Refractory was up there and they were making bricks for the, the furnaces down at the steel mill. So there was already a road on the lower tier. Uh, and this gentleman came in in the late 70s and expanded on that idea. Uh, it ran out to Yoder Street. There was a trailhead over there. Uh, and then it snaked back and forth up the hillside. And uh, one spur went off and ended right at the top of the incline plane. And then another spur went out to Blair Street and ended out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and those were the basis of the trail system that we built our trails on. Okay. And so just so our listeners uh, who aren't from Johnstown know what we're talking about, I just want to give a little background on the, the incline plane itself. Mm -hmm. um, the incline plane is, is probably now the, uh, the number one tourist attraction in Johnstown, but it wasn't built as a tourist attraction. It was built to be very uh, functional and uh, it was built in response to the 1889 flood that happened in Johnstown, which um, to give a, a short background on the flood, uh, a dam 
broke in 1889 that sent a tremendous amount of water into downtown Johnstown. Downtown Johnstown being in the, the kind of the bottom of a valley, uh, thousands of people died, and it was one of the worst natural disasters in our nation's history to that point. So uh, it's my understanding at the time that the town fathers decided that they wanted to build a way to, to be able to evacuate residents who were in downtown Johnstown out of harm's way should there be uh, an additional flood um, or any additional flooding. And then at the time, uh, the residential residential developments were uh, developing on top of the, the ridge. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was a way for people to get back and forth to work and also, you know, uh, a, I guess, an emergency evacuation uh, plan. Mm -hmm. And so the, the incline plane, if you've never been there before, you know, if you imagine it, it's, it's basically a set of train tracks that are set up uh, a very steep hillside. Um, and it, I think the elevation I have here, uh, there, it, the incline plane ascends 500 feet vertically. So it's, yes. it's quite a steep climb and the, you know, the angle is 35 degrees um, and the distance is, is 890 feet mm -hmm. uh, from top to bottom. So there's this trolley car that's attached to these tracks, there's two trolley cars actually, and they're on kind of a pulley system, and they they counter counterbalance one another as they go up and down. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to explain if you've uh, if you've never seen it before, but it's it uh, it's a fascinating system, and um, you know the the fact that our you know that that it's our number one tourist attraction now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I guess only adds to the the allure and and the ability of your uh, project to to draw people to uh, to the trails. Yeah, it absolutely does because you get a neat, unique experience. One place where our trails are a little bit different than some other trail systems that you might see at, say, um, Seven Springs is uh, you use public transportation to get back to the top via that inclined plane. Uh, it's not owned by a ski resort. It's it's a public park. It's using public transportation, and you can't get that anywhere else. So, so who owns the um, the incline plane itself? That's Camtran. Okay, which and Camtran is our local okay. transit authority. Yes. They they run the city bus system, but they also own this very unique uh, piece of public transportation infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the the ground that your trails are on, mm -hmm. uh, the, the hillside around. Does Camtran own that as well, or, or who's the owner of the? They the don't. Camtran only owns a tract underneath where the tracks for the incline plane run. The rest of the hillside was a city park that was owned by the city of Johnstown. It's still technically owned by the city of Johnstown, um, but the Connemaw Valley Conservancy recently agreed to lease that land so that we can work to develop a riverside park at the bottom of the trail. So if you're facing the incline plane, just to the left of the bottom station of the incline plane is where this park is going to be going. Uh, it'll be an ADA accessible park from the bridge that goes to the incline plane. Mm -hmm. um, it'll have real nice ramps that go down to the river, landscape, hopefully picnic tables, maybe if we could squeeze a pavilion in there. Um, but it's gonna encourage people to get down and start using the rivers a little bit more as well uh, as we turn them around and get some of the AMD discharges in the area cleaned up. They, they become really great fisheries. Well, I wanna come back to the Riverside part, but uh -huh. um, 
tell us about your, you know, when you kicked this off, when you, when you started working with the city, what was, what was the city's response? Uh, since they actually, I guess, owned the ground uh, <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Uh, they owned the ground and, and you needed permission from them to be able to, to do this project because the trails, the trails had fallen into a state of disrepair and, and neglect almost. And uh, the city didn't have the resources, as I understand it, to, yes. to keep the trails uh, in the shape that they need to be in. Yeah, because they would have had to use their public works department to maintain these trails. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not really, if you have to get equipment in there, they're not really accessible trails, which is why we've done everything by hand. But mm -hmm. whenever I initially wrote the proposal, I thought they were gonna grill me a thousand ways to Thursday about what we were intending on doing. But I laid everything out in that plan. I told them the degree and the grade that we would build the trails to, uh, how we would deal with runoff what we would do with wooden structures, that we wouldn't put any additional man-made structures there because man-made structures require a lot more maintenance than natural ones. Uh, and they looked over that plan, they pretty much said, yeah, this is okay, knock yourself out. And they signed the paper and-, and So when you first started out there, did you go to the city manager and say, hey, I wanna, I wanna revive the trail system or, or, or how did that play I, out? I put the proposal together and I went down to a city council meeting. And now, was this unannounced? Did you give them any? I was going to get just pop in for the public comments. Okay. And in the parking lot, I had second thoughts. And that council meeting went until 11 o'clock at night, and they didn't take public comments till the end. Wow. Had I gone to that meeting and proposed it there, I don't think it ever would have flown because the council people were irritated by the end and probably didn't want to hear anything about trails. Instead, I did. I hand delivered the proposal to, uh, at the time, Arch Liston, the city manager's office. He reviewed it with their solicitor uh, and made sure that everything was on the up and up and, and the city manager just approved it then. And then council obviously had to vote on it in the end too and they all unanimously approved that as well. well that's great, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's so important to have the support from the city as well and it's nice to see that they recognize the importance of recreation and, and this project in particular. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, so I, I, getting back to the, the park, mm -hmm. um, so there's, I, there's now proposals to build kind of, you know, when you when you go to the bottom of the hill, when you when you ride from the top down to the bottom, you come to kind of this, you know, there's really not a whole lot there except for the riverbank. Right. Um, and then the, the bottom of the incline plane. So, yeah. you know, and I think there's like a little tunnel you can go through that's it, attached to the, the incline plane structure, but you guys are looking to kind of enhance that experience for when you get to the bottom and how you exit. Yeah, um, right now, uh, going back to say the ADA compliance, uh, to get to the trails, you have to pass through one of the support structures for the bridge that goes to the incline, which is less than 36 inches wide. So it's real hard to get through there. Then you get on a series of steps and across a small catwalk. Mm -hmm. When you're taking bikes off the trail, it, it's not the easiest. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to get to the trails, it's not the easiest. So the idea is uh, working in conjunction with PennDOT because that bridge is PennDOT owned, okay. technically speaking. Uh, an ADA compliant ramp will be built out and around that lower station. So you never have to go down those steps then. Mm -hmm. You'll just roll right over to the hillside basically or off of the hillside. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it'll be, uh, like I said, a nice landscape park over there. Uh, think of the North Shore in Pittsburgh, some of the stuff you see there in terms mm -hmm. of landscaping. It's kind of what I see this park turning into for Johnstown. Mm -hmm. A real nice focal point at the end of Main Street well, it's not Main Street, but you can see it from Main Street. Mm -hmm. You'll have the incline and, and just an awesome park at the bottom as well. So I think a, a lot of the focus has been on cycling, but you mm -hmm. hope to have people hiking, biking, Boating. nature walking, bird watch, 
everything. Kayaking, boating, that's... Yes, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a really great place for, say, like a college biology department to study invasive species because we have a lot of knotweed up there. Uh, or just to talk about the flora and fauna that are, are in the woods around Pennsylvania because it's a fairly untouched section of land up there uh, in term you can't hunt so the deer population is ridiculous and uh, there are uh, red-tailed hawks up there squirrel you name it uh, so I'd really like to see people thinking outside of the box for what that space can be used for it hiking and biking are obviously the the main focal points right now uh, I would like to really see that expand and and encompass just the outdoors in general. Mm -hmm. So there are there are different levels of trails in terms of difficulty. So if I'm somebody mm -hmm. who just wants to go for a nice easy hike, are there places for me? And then you know I, I know from your your mountain biking events, obviously there's uh, you know if you're a seasoned mountain biker, there's something for you there as well. Yeah, um, there are a couple of different hiking trails. The regardless of which one you end up on, you have to go up the series of switchbacks. Mm -hmm. It's a, a long but steep climb, but it's a great hike. Mm -hmm. uh, I would argue that even a novice hiker can handle that one. And then as you go up toward the top station of the incline plane, it becomes significantly steeper and it's a little more advanced of a, a, a hike. Mm -hmm. There's some loose rock areas and things like that that you have to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, down at the bottom, the rolling mill mine section, which has a lot of historical significance due to the rolling mill mine disaster, because right. we like disasters in Johnstown, uh, it, it's fairly flat. And right. there are plans on running that section out toward the Discovery Center and making that a nice flat hike. Mm -hmm. uh, there's still some property acquisition that has to happen there, though, for that to happen. Okay. Um, walk us through the the user experience. So if I'm a cyclist and I want to, you know, come check out your trails and I've seen your Facebook page, or your website or heard from a friend, mm -hmm. what, what's the user experience? Um, you know, what do I, where do I park? Where are the trails? How do I get back to the top? All of the good details. Yeah. Um, there is a small parking area on the corner of Tioga Street and Edge Hill Drive. Mm -hmm. uh, folks are welcome to park there, but if that looks like it's full, I ask that they don't park on the residential sides of the street because I want to be a good neighbor to the people in Westmont. Because the top, the top is, yeah, the residential neighborhood's right there, yeah. right next to the edge of the hill. Right? I jokingly told some of them, I'm like, I'm making you resort side property right now. You'll <laughs> thank me in 10 years. Um, so if, if that little parking area is full, I ask people to park at the incline plane designated parking areas around uh, the mound over by the incline. The trailhead is on the corner of Tioga and Edge Hill Street. It's the only trailhead for the bike trails because I want everybody to go past the warning sign, letting them know what they're getting into. And this way I didn't have to get multiple signs printed. All of the trailheads are right there. Uh, so we have a beginner trail and a slightly more advanced trail. Now these are downhill mountain biking trails. Though. These aren't like a beginner rail trail and an advanced rail trail you have to have downhill skills to ride them. So There's I, rocks and roots and it's a very technical. Yes, and if it rained, it, type of trail. you're riding in peanut butter the whole way down. Um, so I tell people the, the bare minimum for, for their bike, you should have disc brakes uh, and front suspension. If, okay. if you don't have those on your bike, you have no right being on the, you have a right to be on the trails, but you shouldn't right. be riding down them. And uh, you need and a helmet too. Absolutely, I can't stress that enough. Um, I have a full face only because I'm a little bit paranoid, um, but people ride with dog bowl helmets. As long as you have a helmet, 
we're happy. Uh, and the inclined plane operators will yell at you and tell you you're not allowed on the trails if you don't have a helmet. Nice. They're they're on board with us all the whole way. So so I'm at the top of the hill. I've parked my mm -hmm. car. I have my bike. I have my helmet on. Yes. I'm ready to go. So then then what? Then you start going down the trails. The beginner trail starts off kind of placid and flat. Um, about 300 yards in, the trail drops down to your left and that's when you start the downhill section. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has a couple of twists and turns and drops in it. And then you go around a sharp berm that's a rock garden at the same time. Uh, it's, it's eaten many a bike rider so far. Uh, if you went down the more advanced one, it starts off right away down a steep hill. Uh, and then it levels out for a little bit and it goes through a series of sharp turns and then the two trails merge and become one trail from that point forward and they maintain the same difficulty as the beginner trail from that point on. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, we're building another trail right now that's going to be a little more beginner friendly. It's going to be more flowy and less downhill. Uh, so we're hoping we could attract more riders from that. But then. Two thirds of the way down the hill, the two or the bike trail and the hiking trail merge and it becomes multi-use. The trail becomes very wide at that point. We've encountered hikers and bikers at the same time, have no problem getting out of each other's way uh, as long as you're cognizant that it is a multi-use trail, which I have signs that are going up for that. Okay. That's to the bottom. So so you get to the bottom mm -hmm. and then, then what? If you want to ride again, you... Yeah. Back up to the top, right? You go across that little catwalk I was talking about, up a set of steps, and you hand the nice gentleman that's running the incline plane $3 and you ride it back to the top. Mm -hmm. That's the nice thing. They've got a couple of options for that. If you wanted a one trip pass up to the top, it's only three bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to buy their 10 trip passes, which are $20. And then they have a 22 ride pass for $40. Okay. Uh, so they've got a couple of options. And I'm working with the incline plane now to have a bike friendly pass put together so we could track ridership because before we were just buying the standard commuter passes right um and i would really like to see something that keeps track of how many mountain bikers are using it so it sounds like hamtran has been really good to work with and you know has helped you guys out and realize again the importance of this project yeah um and i we were talking a little bit before too about they, they have a little there's a little gift shop Yep. up at the top that sells souvenirs uh, from the incline plane. It, I think it sells ice cream and candy and uh, a few other things. But um, you're talking to them about trying to turn that into like a little bit of a bike shop. Right? Yeah, uh, you know, because they're rocky trails, every now and then you'll pinch an inner tube and you'll need to replace your tube. You don't mm -hmm. want to ruin your whole day by not being able to do that. So they're going to start carrying a couple of different size inner tubes, um, some uh, tire levers to get your tire off the rim mm -hmm. uh, and then over at the trailhead the Johnstown Rotary donated a bicycle maintenance station so it's a bike rack you could put your bike up on it uh, and it has a whole pile of tools underneath you could use your tire levers from the incline to pop your tire off mm -hmm. remount your inner tube and then there's a giant pump right next to it so you could pump your tire right back up right there so so um, as this, so I guess it was April, it was August mm -hmm. of last year that you officially opened, right? Yes. Okay. So, you know, I guess, you know, you've had a season in, mm -hmm. you know, what are you, who's riding the trails? I mean, what, what are you, what are you learning about, <laughs> you know, who's out there, uh, as that time has gone on? Yeah. That's the really great thing about these trails. I've been pleasantly surprised by where people have been coming in from to ride them. We have a lot of people that come in from Greensburg and Pittsburgh mm -hmm. to ride the trails. Uh, State College was another one that we had a bunch of people come from. Uh, then we get a bunch of folks from the local area too. Uh, there was a group of 
kids, they were probably 13 or 14 local mountain bikers out there using them last Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, and that's nice too, because everybody always complains, well, there's nothing for kids to do around here. Well, here's something that kids can do. Right. And it promotes them being outdoors and being healthy instead of sitting in front of something digital and, right. you right. know, playing video games. And so we're seeing people from everywhere coming into Johnstown. Mm -hmm. That's like, you, you expect them to drive to Seven Springs, you expect them to drive to Blue Knob, but they're yeah. coming to downtown Johnstown to ride trails. Right. Yeah, I, you know, recreation, I didn't mention it before, but obviously mm -hmm. the tourism component is important and, you know, bringing those tourism dollars into our local economy. Um, and the great thing is, you know, right at the bottom of the trail, you're in close proximity to a lot of restaurants and, and other cool things to do. Mm -hmm. um, have you talked to, to some of the local business owners? I mean, where are you, are you hearing or seeing people, you know, the cyclists or the people coming from out of town, are they visiting the yeah, local businesses? They are, they, you uh, burn a bunch of calories mountain biking, so mm -hmm. you, people want food when they're done, they, they want a cool refreshing adult beverage when they're done, so they're going downtown to places like, you know, uh, Stonebridge Brewing or Balance or The Press, mm -hmm. uh, and they're, they're spending some money in Johnstown. Mm -hmm. I haven't checked with the hotel downtown to see if people are staying overnight yet uh, but that's something I plan on doing in, in the future and then to help foster that uh, we're trying to get bike racks that have a standard theme that businesses can mount outside of their their place to say hey we're bike friendly mm -hmm. we don't care if you're muddy come in here and have a beer and we want you guys in in our business mm -hmm. uh, so we're trying to really promote that in the downtown area mm -hmm. that's great um, tell us about the uh, you know who's doing the work I mean obviously somebody <laughs> had to to actually go out and you know dig and yeah move stuff and dig up tree roots and I, uh actually build the trail i mean how did how did that happen i mean i don't think you just hired somebody to come in and do this right no no so before you build trail you have to learn how to build trail and and i did that i spent two weeks with clark fisher who's doing the Quima homing trail system mm -hmm. uh two years ago just two weeks straight out there with clark and he taught me how to make trails the right way okay um so i took that knowledge and got a couple of suckers to come up on the hillside with me and like i said at the beginning uh it's 15 or 16 months straight now we've been out there every weekend and i was going to bring what well, our primary tool is an eight inch hoe from a company called rhino uh, they're firefighting tools actually mm -hmm. uh, and they'll cut through roots they'll dig rocks up they're pretty phenomenal tools I was gonna bring one with me, uh, but that's it. Eight inches at a time is how we build the trail. Wow. Bench that's, cutting it, yeah. So you just recruited these volunteers yourself or how do how do people, I, I, mean, cause I, I mean, it's, I know from seeing your Facebook page, I mean, these guys are literally out there every weekend and yep. all seasons I've seen you, you know, <laughs> digging in snow, rain, ice, rain, yeah, you name season. It. Yeah, so, um, you know, who's, yeah, how do you recruit volunteers? Who's helping you out? I have a core group of people that have been coming out with me fairly consistently. You know, that ebbs and flows depending on, you know, holidays, family life, job stuff that people have to do. But I also did a bunch of outreach too. Mm -hmm. I got a couple of church groups out there that have spent just a day at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, the scouts came out and uh, Chris Cashaw in particular, he did his Eagle Scout project up there and did a water remediation project with some really nice lighting. Uh, I also had a service fraternity from UPJ come down and they came out uh, probably three or four weekends and spent a good bit of time helping us. And then there are just also people in the community that see the value in this and want to get out and help. Mm -hmm. But they'll come out for a day or two. Uh, they're not in it for the long haul, but 
the, the, for the long haul, it's usually a core group of four of us. Okay. So, so you've had a lot of help. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what have been some of the obstacles? I mean, what are, what are some of the, the difficulties you've encountered as well, you've <laughs> tried to do this? Trees. <laughs> Lots of trees. So for an example, the uh, August 11th, the day before our grand opening event, where we had this race planned and we were hoping for this awesome turnout, we were riding the trails, went down them once and they were perfectly clear, went down them the next time and there's a tree across them. Oh, geez. And it was a beautiful sunny day. You wouldn't expect this. So I called mm -hmm. my friend Ed. Ed came up with this giant chainsaw, cleared that tree out. I get an email five o'clock that afternoon, somebody else says, there's another tree down. Well, that first tree that fell down uprooted a second tree or loosened the roots just enough to have another tree fall down. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason for that is if you look at any pictures of the incline from right around the turn of the century, they logged the entire hillside. So that root structure just isn't there to hold those trees in the ground. So you get excessive rain or excessive wind and, and trees come down. And, and as a result of that, landslides as well. We've had to clear a couple of landslides where the ground just sloughed off and ran across the trail. Mm -hmm. So do you have, you know, people with heavy equipment or I mean, what do you, you said you called somebody like, what do you do when a tree falls down? Ed has a chainsaw and uh, the rest of us have muscles and we push the logs over the hill. Wow. And hope they don't roll down onto Mill Creek and crush a car. <laughs> <laughs> We're really careful about that. But yeah, that's 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 amazing. So mm -hmm. from start to the, the opening day, how long did it take you to get to get it to the point where you were ready to open it up? It was nine months until it was rideable. Okay. Uh, you could hike it in that time but it was just too loose and there was too much debris on the trail bed. I, I, it would have been irresponsible to send anybody down it on a bike. Mm -hmm. That the, the hiking trail that was there, that was existing, the, the two mountain biking trails we talked about, we built those from scratch by hand. Mm -hmm. So we were just working our way down the hill with those, trying to find the best lays of the land to tie them into those hiking trails. So yeah, it was... So you did a, a you did a kind of a combination. You took the old trails mm -hmm. that were there, spruced those up, but then you've also cut new trails as well. Yeah, we figured why reinvent the wheel? We could put half of a mountain biking trail system in on a hiking trails, but mm -hmm. we, we didn't have to build that because it was already there. So we figured we'd utilize that and cut back on labor that way. Mm -hmm. Now the trail we're doing right now, it is 100% fresh trail. Mm -hmm. it, it's not utilizing any of the old trail system at all. We're just doing it all from scratch. Okay. Uh, tell us about the, the opening day event. I mean, what was that like? <laughs> the opening day event was pretty fantastic actually. Uh, so Katie from the Planning Commission helped us put it all together because otherwise it would have been me and like, eight other guys up there riding bikes and then drinking beer afterward. It's uh, not so bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Uh, it, we actually had a whole bunch of free hot dogs and beverages for the public. We got the mayor to speak. Lisa from the Tourism Bureau spoke. Jared Bunk from the local cycling community came out and he talked about the how important it is to the cycling community to put trails in. Uh, so we had like a, a ribbon cutting event mm -hmm. and then Leah Spangler led the first official hike down the trail. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had a race that day and we had 20 riders come out, 10 in a beginner class and 10 in an advanced class. And we would have had a better turnout, but we scheduled it the same day Seven Springs had a downhill race. Oh, so wow. we lost those riders to that. But 20 riders was just enough for proof of concept mm -hmm. that we can make an event work on this hillside. Mm -hmm. um, and then afterward, uh, Stonebridge Brewing and Jeremy down there, he was gracious enough to let us do an award ceremony down there. And everybody got to eat and hang out and spend some time downtown afterward. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Have there been 
other events since then, or do you have other events planned for the, the upcoming year? Yes and yes. Uh, Last year, we also worked with Johnstown Running Club to put together a Veterans Day run. All the proceeds from that went directly to um, veterans community initiatives. Uh, we raised $250 for veterans causes. Mm -hmm. uh, and we probably had about 20 people turn out for that run too. And it was cold and it was muddy and everybody had fun. Moving forward, we would like to do more running events on the trails mm -hmm. or even hiking events. In addition, we're planning a downhill race series for the year. So we're going to try to put together a series of three races. This is a cycling. A cycling series. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so a series of three three races over the course of the summer, uh, and then uh, an award ceremony at the end. We're trying to get together cash prizes or or even gear prizes, sweeten the pot a little bit more to entice more people to come and participate. Okay. So now you're managing all those events. Or somebody else? So far, uh, <laughs> so far I am, and I'm working with other groups to do it. I, I delegate nicely. Um, I, I found a quote uh, as I was reading about this project, um, mm -hmm. preparing for the podcast, and uh, it was from the mayor of Johnstown, uh, Frank Janakovic, and it was mm -hmm. from your, your opening day event. And he said, uh, today is one of those days where we're changing how we look at Johnstown and the natural resources we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, I, I thought, you know, that was, you know, that, that sums it up right there in terms of the shift in, in thinking about our natural resources. Mm -hmm. um, you were there with the mayor. I mean, what, is, what does it mean to hear, you know, somebody like the mayor uh, say something like that? Seeing the city realize that there's value in this sort of endeavor is really important because other people who might have thought about doing a project like this might have thought, ah, it's the old guard in Johnstown. They're never going to approve it. And like, people don't want to see this stuff. They just want us to bring steel mills back. Mm -hmm. But then you see the, the mayor come out and speak so highly of a project like this. Hopefully it, it lights a fire under a couple of other people that want to take on a project like this and turn the, the area around. We have so many great natural resources out there. There's no, there should be no shortage of projects like this mm -hmm. that people can can tackle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thought it was interesting, too, because I, I don't remember the year, but mm -hmm. you know, I've worked with Cambria County since 2011. And I, I want to say it was, you know, maybe around 2014 or 15. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a councilman who had made a proposal, one of the city councilmen, city of Johnstown councilmen, who had proposed uh, actually logging the hillside <laughs> and, and cutting down some of those uh, some or all of the trees just to, you know, to capture out essentially uh, yeah. on the natural resources um, you know just so and and obviously that didn't go through but to see it shift from where you know we're making proposals to cut down all the trees on the hillside <laughs> to uh, you know now having these uh, these trails that anybody can use and that are hosting these events and driving all this uh, mm -hmm. this spending and investment in the city so um, yeah I, I you know it's just just amazing how how far it's come in, in so little time yeah and it, honestly it, it would have been criminal if they had cut those trees down <laughs> those trees kind of make those trails you see these we had one fall down. I counted the rings in it. It was uh, 116 years old. Wow. Uh, so these are giant trees and they're, they're stunningly beautiful. And to take those out of there would have just cheapened the feel of that hillside, I think. So I'm glad wow. that one didn't pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's been the most interesting or some of the most interesting things you've seen out there during your work? I mean, you're out there every weekend, so I'm, yeah. I'm sure you see some <laughs> some fascinating things going on well the deer have become my friends uh i see them more than my wife some weekends 
one thing that we do get to see up there that's really neat, we call a trail treasure. And there's no hunting, right? So you, that's the, kind of a refuge for the deer. That the is, there, right? yeah, they're completely not afraid of us. They just watch us walk down in the woods. Mm -hmm. um, we find a lot of really old bottles. And um, there was a, a tulip company in Johnstown at one point, mm -hmm. I guess. We found a, a beautiful glass bottle that has this glass tulip on it. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of whiskey bottles from turn of the century. I, I looked them up on eBay and uh, they're bonded whiskey bottles is what they're called, something mm -hmm. along those lines. Uh, so we find a whole bunch of what we call trail treasure. Okay. We love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's been the most interesting stuff we've dug up up there. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, what, what the guys that volunteer for me don't know is, um, in the 1889 flood, one of the banks lost one of their safes, and it's rumored to be on that hillside. I don't really care about trails. I just want to dig a safe up, and I'm using <laughs> trails as a cover for digging the safe up. Maybe you found the safe, and you're just Maybe not telling I did. us. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's that's a cool story. Um, yeah. and, and and if you haven't already, I hope you find the safe one day to you to help pay for your efforts. <laughs> um, so before I, you know. You're relying on a lot of people, um, you know, to help you out with with labor and such mm -hmm. um, and events. And uh, as this grows, I'm sure, you know, the need is going to become even greater. Uh, you know, if one of our listeners or somebody who's watching wants to get involved, how can they do that? And what are, what are the opportunities out there for, uh, you know, just somebody from the general public to, to get in touch and say, hey, I think this is a cool project. I want to get involved. Sure. Well, the easiest way to, to find out what we're doing is the Friends of the Incline Plane Trails Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, I post on there every weekend and I, I read the messages on that page pretty frequently. Uh, if they wanted to get involved, say, fiscally, I have a fund at the Community Foundation. Uh, they okay. can make a donation to the Trails Project down there. Um, or they can reach out to me on a trail day. We're out there every Saturday at nine. Just come out and meet us. Uh, even if you wanted to talk, if you had a group that say wanted to do something as simple as a, a trash pickup, mm -hmm. uh, there's always a need for that sort of thing. So you could get involved as little as you want or as much as you want. We can mm -hmm. scale a project to fit your needs. Okay. Well, uh, you know, this is a great project and, you. and, you know, I definitely appreciate you coming in to, uh, to share with us, uh, everything. Uh, did, did I miss anything? There's, is there anything um, else you'd like to share with us or? Oh, let me think about that. <laughs> ah, one other ongoing thing, uh, it, it ties into the trails, uh, in 1989, a series of sculptures were made to commemorate the 100 year anniversary of the Johnstown flood. And this uh, was part of when the trails were originally constructed, right? Is this that... is 10 years later. Okay. Uh, they were gotcha. they were initially constructed in 79, but they found a home for these sculptures on the trail. Okay. And you can still see the big one on the, the side of the hill as you're riding up the incline, mm -hmm. but the rest of the smaller sculptures we removed. We're having those repainted and as part of the Iron to Arts project, we're going to find a way to place them downtown so they're more accessible to the general public and people can get out there and enjoy them. They were done by uh, James Wolfe, who's a world-renowned metal sculptor. Mm -hmm. uh, he has stuff in the Museum of Modern Art and everything. And we have a whole pile of his sculptures in Johnstown. That's really a big chunk of treasure that we found on that hillside. You know, people forget that that stuff was up there. There's there's uh, nine sculptures that... And didn't all the, the metal in those sculptures come from local foundries or, or the, local steel plants all of the local mills uh the paint colors used on it were all paints that were left over in the mills and they were some of the last things made in i can't remember exactly which mill it was but before one of the mills closed these sculptures were the last thing fabricated in there mm -hmm. uh so they they they're very historical in nature and they're if you can appreciate modern art, they're really cool to look at and see the different pieces and how he twisted the metal together. Mm -hmm. That's the only other thing I had. Great, great. Well, yeah. it's a great project, the Johnstown Incline Plain Trails. Mm -hmm. Check it out. 
get involved, volunteer, help out, donate. Uh, <laughs> so thanks again, Mike. Appreciate your thank time. You, uh, it's great to be here at the Outdoor Expo. Uh, and I want to thank our production crew here, Corinne and Les from Mount Aloysius College. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Alleghenies Ahead podcast. Mm-hmm.